Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron, and I'm joined once again by Heather. I'll be back. And Ramey. I'll be back. Not after this podcast. <laughs> no, you won't. Yes. This is yes. Uh, this easy to get out of it. So anyway, we're doing The Terminator. It premiered on the 26th of October, 1984, which it occurs to me, that was a really quick turnaround because I saw it on VHS in February. That's a wicked quick turnaround. It's directed by James Cameron. It was written by James Cameron, Gail Ann Hurd, and William Wisher. Though I noticed William Wisher wasn't in the credits in the movie, in the, uh, in the movie itself, so I wonder if he was just the story credit and not the... But, you know. And apparently slightly based on the work of Harlan Ellenson, if we were to leave the end of the film. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bean, who played Reese. He was also in a bunch of other uh, Cameron films. He played, of course, uh, Lieutenant Coffee in The Abyss. Uh, in Aliens. What was the name of his character in Aliens? H- uh, not Hudson. Um, Hicks. Corporal Hicks. Dwayne Hicks. Paul Winfield, who was uh, the captain in Star Trek II. Uh, Lance Henriksen, who played Bishop in the in Aliens and other movies. Rick Rosovich, he's this is our third time with Rick. He was a slider in Top Gun. He was the firefighter in um, uh, Roxanne. He was actually really good in that one. And Dick Miller, who we've also seen in The Burbs, he was one of the garbage men. And in Chopping Mall, he played the uh, the caretaker. Dick Miller's been in hundreds and hundreds of films. There's actually a documentary about him called That Guy, Dick Miller. It's all about his life. It's very cool. Uh, and Bill Paxton was in it as well. Of course, he was Hudson. Like in a teenager in this movie. It is unreal how yeah, young he, he, he could was. Have Almost been, unrecognizably. Yeah, uh, he was in his early 20s. Like I said, the previous movie he did with Michael Bean, they played young men, 17, 18 years old. It's called Lords of Discipline, in a military school in the South. Good, good movie. Uh, of course, he was also in Titanic. I mean, Bill Paxton, he was in was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. Twister. Twister, Twister, right? He's a good actor. He's a good, he's yeah, a good he's character actor. Lots of but Michael Bean as well. I mean, he's a... So this movie was made on a budget of 6.4 million bucks. Crazy. So almost a third of the standard issue price. Because this was meant to be, like I said, an old exploitation film. These films from the 70s that tried to push the rating system. They tried to exploit it. How many, how many boobs can we have? How violent can we get? How much blood? Let's push right up before it hits R. Though this was rated R. Essentially, he was trying to make a really good exploitation film. But it was never expected to be anything special. So on 6.4 million bucks, he made 78.3. Nice. That's it. Actually, I'm surprised it's that little, but that's but a does great that return count? on investment. Yeah, was that, is that just box office though? Or yes, is that... that's box office. Uh, but remember, this is before... Toys or anything yeah. else. Well, toys and, and... Were there a lot of toys for the original Terminator? DVD sales. And, and that's But that's much later. That's yeah. 20 years later. And, I mean, there was... Remember, we're, we're still talking at a time where even owning your own actual VHS that wasn't pirated because you had two machines, that was rare. Yeah. I mean, I had Star Trek Four. It right. cost 45 bucks, and we had to arrange to get it. It was hard to get, like, those things for commercial ownership in, in or for private ownership in Canada. So, this is pure box office. And, again, it was a nothing movie. No one really... You know, Schwarzenegger had already done Conan. Uh, just, the, I think, the first one. Maybe the second one. I don't know. But he wasn't the huge name that he would become. This is the movie that made him. Same with James Cameron, because he had done, was it Piranha 2? He'd been hired and fired and hired and fired and rehired. Like, he was on and off that picture. Well, he's um, a writer on this too, is he not? Yes. Yeah. It's written by James Cameron. Among others, but yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he wrote it. And then he did, uh, well, for Terminator 2, he had Lawrence Kasdan, who did Raiders, and he did a lot right. of the Star Wars films. Like, Lawrence Kasdan is like the big writer of the 80s, 90s, and then the new Star Wars films. I mean, this is, but you look at the sheer 
cast. This is an impressive cast before they were famous sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But kind of a B-list cast at the time that turned into a major A-list cast. Yeah, exactly. And Even the doctor in this movie is somebody that I've seen in a whole bunch of other movies. Yeah. Well, he was in, of course, 90s. he was in Terminator 2. He was also yeah. in Terminator 3. But there it was. He was that was played as a joke. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he's a character actor. But he's, he's another that guy. Another that guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think though, Cameron, James Cameron's a lot like Aaron Sorkin. He has his, like his, or, or Joss Whedon. He has his group of actors he likes to work with. And so he, he does. I mean, he liked working with Linda Hamilton so much. He married her for a while. So I, it's funny. I think Galen Hurd may have been his wife at one point, but I don't know. So I remember very specifically how I saw this because obviously I wasn't going to see it in theaters. It was restricted. I convinced my mother to rent it for me. And she was a little unsure because it seemed pretty violent. But she was willing because, you know, it was fake. And as long as I understood it was not real, that was okay. I saw it at the very beginning of February. And I had nightmares all month long about being chased by the Terminator. The nightmare went away. But I had nightmares for a whole month. I never told my mother that or she would have said, okay, no No more more movies. The never-ending story it is for the rest (laughs) of his life. Yeah. Uh, so what about you guys? When did you see it? Mine would have been early 90s. I, as- I assume in thinking back that I most likely watched Terminator 2 first, first like mm-hmm. right when it would have come out on yeah, VHS. So, which would have been summer. That was summer of 1990. Yeah. Out, and yeah. then we would have probably followed that up with, oh, we got to see the first one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it would have been. Mm-hmm. So I, crazy part of that is it would have been six years after it came out. I never, I never would have guessed that the first one you mean. That, yeah. yeah, that was eighty four, yeah. and I didn't watch yeah. it till ninety. But what about you? What about you, Heather? Um, <laughs> this is a good one. It it was in my dad's box of pirated movies, and my mom caught us trying to watch it, and absolutely. F- forbade us to see it was the nudity right that was the issue i she didn't even get there she was like it's 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 rated r the answer is no yeah end of story yeah and and so so when did you first see it the full way through first time the neither parent was in the house they were i don't know fucking doing something and well yeah it's the same I kids do what they do and yeah. uh, it was so good oh yeah i think we all did that i mean when they rented kentucky fried movie which is done by the guys who did airplane because they had the Kentucky Fried Theater Company. Oh, yeah, yeah. My parents wouldn't let me watch it because there was a lot of nudity and sex in the film. So what do you think I did? I waited till the next morning when I woke up early, way earlier than them. And what did I do? Fast forwarded to the scenes I wasn't allowed to watch. Because right. that's what you did. Like, that's what you did. Um, my mom is absolutely not interested in this type of yeah. thing. So she, she didn't even know what was in it. She just saw the R. No. Yeah. How far into the movie did you get? Did you remember? Oh, like, give me your clothes. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that scene alone would be enough to alarm. Yeah. So, like, you, maybe my children shouldn't watch that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, I mean, it's a pretty violent film. Like, it's it earns its R. It's seriously, even if it wasn't for the sex and the, and the 80s movies. Yeah. I mean, it... Execution uh, and all kinds of other well, stuff. Well, just the give me your clothes scene right there. That earns the R right yeah. there. Uh, it's it's pretty violent. It's naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you know what? They're not... Um, I don't think they were particularly gratuitous about it no like you see his ass okay because he's he's well built but they don't i saw wiener hmm i saw wiener it's funny because in in terminator 2 when the t-1000 shows up when robert patrick shows up naked uh james cameron in the uh the director's commentary was saying that he's like i could see you know robert patrick's balls and i said and that sucks because i remember 
signing an expense report for digital weenie removal, <laughs> you know, or digital willy removal, he called it. Uh, and they apparently did a shit job of it or just never made it into the cut because you can clearly see it in shadow. I didn't, I didn't catch that here. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't think they were exploitive about it. No, no. I, um, same with like with just Linda Hamilton. Weenie. When you saw her, when you see her nude, I don't think they. No, I, like she's it not wasn't s- like sexualized or anything goofy. It was just a wiener because they yeah. exist. Yeah. But uh, I hear you hear <laughs> you have at least one kid, so you, you are familiar with their existence. So mm. also your kid is a boy. So also that also that. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. They, changing diapers. Dude, and, they yeah. so exist. Yes. <laughs> Boys. We're off. You got daughters. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice until they're 13. Yeah. And, and then, then last night. Nice. And then and then life begins to suck. Yeah. Boys don't get better behaved when they get older. They get better at hiding it. I thought because I'm their parents, Great. I could chain them yeah. up in the basement, but that apparently I'm no not suit till they're 35. No, not fair. No dating until they're 50. I teach them no, to be strong, either. independent women. You're grounded. Yes. <laughs> I'll just feed them a lot and get them like make them heavy. <laughs> this episode is going to be lazy. evidence in the <laughs> heavy and lazy. This this will be when you're sports. Sports. Keep them busy. When yeah. his when his daughters go Horses. to the psychiatrist in twenty Horses. years, they're going to play yeah. this episode. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the movie about the killing machine and the unborn child. I don't know anything that stands out to you. Like, I mean, you said you hadn't seen it in a long time, Heather. Yeah, like since the since the big box of videos. Is it really that long? Yeah. So, what like what pops out at you now, having not seen it in a thousand years? The robot is still awesome. The, uh, the, the Terminator's skeleton, yeah. I, I love the robot Terminator. He's the best. Sorry, what? Cyborg. 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 Oh, excuse me. T101. Yeah. What about you? Um, for me, it's just that Has it been a while or is it? Yeah, since I've seen Terminator 1 and probably in the last eight years, I've probably okay. seen it. Or just probably on TV in mm-hmm. the background. Uh, it but, blows my mind. They'll show that in the middle of the day now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, nothing. Um, but I, uh, for me, it's just that... As much as there's some really crappy uh, graphics, there's mm-hmm. some really good ones, and they oh yeah, like there's there's only a couple bad effects. It's a good movie, yeah, it is a good movie. That was what sticks out to me is watching it today with all of the amazing graphics and CG and everything else that they can do in the world. This was really good for eighty four, mm-hmm. like Star Wars good. Well, and, and considering the it's still totally watchable, totally yeah. watchable, and right. considering the budget is. That part half surprising. of what Star Wars was. Well, Star Wars eleven million or something like that. So this is years later. This is almost a decade. Well, it is almost a decade later, right? Seventy seven. So they filmed in seventy five, seventy six. This was made in eighty three. So whatever, seven eight years for almost half the budget, they pulled this off. I mean, there's nothing there that cheap. Like imagine just the scenes in the future, not the models. That would have been expensive on its own because those models were big. But imagine the scenes where they're moving around among the wreckage. Yeah. Just producing that much wreckage and building it and being safe about it. Or excavator driving over skulls and everything else going on. Well, that's all models. But still, like, but that's, still, like that's, that's, that's a yeah, lot of money. Not, yeah. That's a lot of money. I mean, and, there, lo- and there was detail there. Like, it wasn't oh, just... Yeah. It wasn't, like, Turk Crystal level, but a lot of still, detail. there was like, stuff in the corners. And- yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... I mean, everything about this, I mean, the fact that... I mean, all the, think of all the cars that they wreck in this film. And you think, well, that's nothing... That, that's... Stunt work, explosive work. Filming in LA is not cheap. In 84, it would have been-ish. But still, like, that's why actually why most of the car stuff takes place at night. Because there's less people on the road. It's easier to do. But like, there's nothing cheap about this movie. And like, it's no wonder that 
James Cameron, like the next movie he was given was Aliens, which was much bigger budget. Of course, yeah. You know, that's... No, I, yeah. I we just, have to do that too at some point. Yeah. So, I, I like yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. And we talked about this, and of course this is well known, that initially he was supposed to play Reese, Kyle Reese. Yeah. And someone else was going to play the Terminator. They talked about having Michael Bean do it. He could have pulled off the Terminator, but I don't think Arnold could have pulled off Kyle. It wouldn't no. have worked. No. It would have been. A, it would have killed the film. The, the problem is, is Kyle carries on so much of the storyline, mm-hmm. and Arnold just doesn't talk well he did, enough. He just to, has to be there. Yeah. yeah. His accent is yeah, still way too strong. His accent's too thick. But he's also not he's a good enough too, actor. No. Michael Bean had been a theater actor before. He knew he knew what he was doing. He's a good actor. He's an accomplished actor. Yeah, I thought they were well casted. Um, at one point, they considered uh, O.J. Simpson for the Terminator. <laughs> that makes more sense these days than it yeah. did then. But uh, that would have been that would have been something. Would have been but, something. Yeah, uh, Linda Hamilton. I'm not sure if this was her very first movie, but it was darn close. The thing I liked about Linda, Ham- Linda Hamilton in this is she played tough enough. Enough. She wasn't whiny she wasn't typical 80s well annoying. she's freaked out at the beginning with but yeah, she, yeah but she she started 80s girl and kind of a little yeah. bit but she was it, it was day, controlled but... 80s girl there wasn't yeah. any of this screaming yeah. no whiny well you crap. know what it is it's because it's non-stop for her from the moment it starts in tech noir until they arrive at the uh the underpass it is non-stop for her she doesn't have a minute to breathe well, on the other part, well, of for it. for a few minutes in the in the in the in the police station, but it's like it's nonstop stress. You see her grow into it. Well, and I also like, know yeah. she only moms the leader of the resistance. Yeah, and like you can't do that if you're a whiny yeah. deadbeat. Well, and, and it's funny because right near the end, where just you know when they're in the factory and it's the T the T one hundred one's breaking through the metal door and she screams, "Get up, soldier!" That's the moment where yeah, the character she, turns. She, yeah. She took over. She took over. She realized she had to be in charge, and she knew he would listen to her because she's the you know she's the legend as he calls her, uh, and that's where she changes. That's where she becomes the Linda Hamilton or sorry the uh, Sarah Connor we see in the second movie, yeah. where she's just over the top, batshit crazy. I barely noticed her when I watched this as a kid. Really? Yep. T- today I saw her development and growth and yeah. becoming who she is. Yeah. When I was a kid, I just. Wanted the explosions and the robot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, you know we're adults. I mean, that's the that's why we do this podcast, right? We're looking back at movies we thought were cool when we were kids and saying, "Well, now let's take a, a more, more nuanced approach to it, adult approach to it." Yeah, but sometimes it's just cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> Indiana Jones. And on to the movie. So we'll, we'll sort of rip through this and 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 take a look at it. Um, you know, it starts off like you get, uh, you sort of get a title card where it tells you exactly what's happening. You know, everything you need to know that there was a nuclear war, that it's the machines that did it, but the final battle is going to be fought today in Los Angeles in 1984. Right. You know, and that's, it's not a ton of information. Like they could have gone on and on about what caused the war, but they let the characters explain that. Well, and this wasn't one of those movies where it's like, I am walking down the street there is a guy walking towards me. Like yeah. they, it, they told a story and, and let you through figure. the actual action of the movie, not yeah. through well, you know, if characters that are telling you what's happening. Like I, I'm sure people knew that he was a robot because how would you avoid that in the advertising? But if you had no idea, if you'd never seen this film, you would have no idea that Schwarzenegger was anything other than this stone cold psychotic killer up Looking until for, up until Tech Noir. Yeah, like we Sarah, didn't know. Oh, no. Yeah. We had no idea. Yes, it was part of the original trailer and all that. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. 
This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. We never saw the trailer. We just saw. All, hey, what's this one? So yeah, so he so Schwarzenegger appears. It's pretty obvious. Like it's you know he shows up naked in this ball of light and electricity. I mean, if you again, you know, you see the scene there. We're looking at it where he's sort of naked and walking towards sort of this overlook of the city. And they're not really exploiting the fact that he's naked. I mean, he's in shadow pretty no, quickly. He's just a naked guy. Yeah, like they're not. There's nothing sexual about it. And. Then he goes up to those punks, including Bill Paxton, and you know, give me your clothes. And that's holy shit. That's the that's the rated R right there. Like he he tears the guy's heart out through his chest. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. would hurt. Yeah, but you wouldn't notice it for long. <laughs> Feel any better? I wonder if they casted him for Indiana Jones and <laughs> he uh, wasn't available, so they yeah. went with the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> the heart tear. So uh, Temple of Doom came first. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Oh, by, before this. Yeah, so. by a couple years, but well, one year, one. Uh, I think one or two years. I don't even remember when Temple of Doom came yeah, out in 82 right. or 83. Yeah. But yeah, so like right off the bat, we know there's something wrong with him. But again, we have no idea. Like he's very stiff, but who the hell knows, right? Um, and he repeats back to the guys that are like, Nice night for a walk, eh? <laughs> nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me. Now. But it's the thing, yeah, he's, he's, he's working out the idioms uh, yeah. and the speech of the era. Human, yeah. um, and, well, he's an infiltrator, and he's already got that, but he doesn't have the lingo of 1984 Los Angeles. Right. And then, you know, we see another, you know, another arrival, and it's Michael B. It's Kyle Reese who falls about 10 feet. It's much less graceful. Mu- much less. Yeah, he lands. But it's neat. It's, it's, you know, right off the bat, we realize these these two are not the same. Like, he's in a lot of pain. He robs some poor dude of his... Some homeless fellow. Some homeless fellow of his, I'm sure, clean as a whistle pants. The smell coming off that guy must have been just horrendous. Yeah. The cops spot him and force his way into a department store where he gets his cool Velcro Nikes. And the good thing in the U.S. is every department store has... Guns. No, so it's not where he gets the yeah, gun. He gets the shotgun from from there. the cop's car because he, he gets the Nikes from the, the Nikes and, and, and the trench and, coat and the, and, the, and the flasher trench coat. Remember, then he comes out through the uh, right. yeah, through the, the fire escape, escape, grabs the shotgun because it's not locked in a brace, right. um, and then off he goes. I know, bad police procedure. And as we joked, a half naked guy in a in a trench coat walking down the street at night in L.A. probably didn't seem at all <laughs> straight out of, in. Yeah, no with problem his, with his really stinky pants. Yeah, and oh. the shotgun clearly visible. Uh, I had hoped he would grab new pants, but he didn't. Are you Never sure that did. was the shotgun hanging out at the bottom of his flasher trench coat? Pretty sure. Could have been something else. <clears throat> Editing. Is that, a, is that a shotgun in your trench coat? Or, or, or you just <laughs> are you desperate to find me to save the future? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get to see Sarah Connor. She's clearly very normal, uh, normal on her scooter. You Not know, very good at being a waitress. Got some ice cream in the apron, which is a pretty funny thing. Yeah, the kid takes the ball. Takes the thing. <laughs> yeah, the kid drops the... Scoop a whole scoop of ice cream and she spills stuff and okay so we know her life isn't ideal she's having a bad day yeah she's having a bad exactly and then we get to see dick miller in the gun shop and 
two two of the three movies we've seen him in, he's gotten killed by the bad guy. The other one was Chopping Mall. Uh, same thing. The the robots kill him. But yeah, so you get, and it's kind of funny because you know like, he sells him, you know, the the the, the shotgun, the pump shotgun, and the handgun, and the, and the Uzi, and he says, you know, a plasma rifle, in a forty, four was it, the forty megawatt range? Hey, man, just what you see on the shelf. He does like he doesn't even skip a beat. That they're like, me. They're like no questions. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And he says, any of these would be ideal for home defense. And as I asked during the movie, against what? That's my constant question, question to Americans. What do you think is coming up the driveway? The yeah. left wing. The left wing. Yeah, so he blows away. This is what the... Sarah Ann Connor. Yeah, well, no. This. How many people has he killed? He killed uh, Bill Paxton. Two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or no, he didn't kill him. He just threw him against the... The other guy. Well, his buddy. Through. Yeah, so... so he's, tore, tore the heart out. The buddy, yeah. He's certainly dead. Um, the gun whether Kali Ma gets him or not. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the shotgun guy. So that's already two. Then he guns two, down. two Sarah Connors. Sarah two Connor, Sarah, well, Sarah, Sarah Connor one. Connor. Yeah, so that's three. Uh, and then Reese, in the meantime, hot wired a car. And this I really like that he he steals a car outside of a construction site, and it's clear he's really bothered by the the heavy duty construction equipment because it like Reminds you said, him well, well like you say PTSD. Well, remember this was yesterday for him. They even show us the yeah. flashback. Yeah. Well, and that's the neat thing. Yeah, is that we go from watching the the tracks on the. Excavator? Dr- drill? Excavator, yeah. A drill. That's right, it's a drill. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then immediately becomes the hunter-killer tank, g- grinding over skulls. Uh, and, and that's kind of neat. I mean, he remembers him. Is this the one where they blow up the tank? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the that's girl right. gets shot. She and... gets shot, and, remember, and then he escapes in a vehicle. The vehicle overturns. Catches fire, and then he wakes and up. And he wakes up, right, in the car. And, and I think that's kind of neat, that they made a point of showing that his surroundings in 1984 are actually what create the dream for him so who knows whether this is actually a memory or whether this is just the dream he's had because he's in a, a you know he's just sort of in a claustrophobic car beside the machine yeah. and, and i never actually right until this moment i hadn't occurred to me maybe it's not a memory at all well, maybe it's, it's just what he's dreaming about because this is his life this is what he does it was yesterday yeah like he just came back in time yeah, yeah. i mean so. there's plenty of, there's plenty of times where i dream about stuff that happened in the army that never happened in the army right but it might but it's vivid right it's based on my surroundings but and that's a neat scene. Like the the, the the thing they do in the future, it looks like they filmed it in a in a junkyard. Now yeah. I'm sure they did, or well, they emptied out a junkyard and put it up somewhere else. But remember, what I was saying when they're sort of moving through the, the future, oh, yeah. you know, like it's at first it's just him, and then it's him and this female soldier, and then they pass a couple of refugees who are just sitting there, and we don't pay attention to them. They're just part of the background, and then we move and there's some sort of outpost, and it's a guy with like a fifty cal, and like slowly but surely, just in the background, we're seeing that this is an operation. This isn't just two guys on their own. And I like that. It was kind of neat. Yeah, no, I, you know? I think it's good. It's uh, world building. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, it's like in, in, in Dark Crystal where it's always that little detail in the corner. I mean, this isn't as detailed, obviously, but. It's showing it's in the future. Similar idea, though, yeah. Yeah, there's more to the future than just him and Connor running around and John yeah. and Connor. Uh, and every time you see it, they build on it. And you know, the funny thing is, is that no other Terminator movie did it quite as well except Terminator 2. And you only see 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you always see the future. Like, even in uh, Terminator Salvation, you ever see that one with Christian Bale? Yeah. I, I I'm never liked it. But it's not as good a film. Even though you see more, there's less there, if you know what I mean. Yes, you see there's a military base. Apparently, Skynet has no problem allowing a full-on military base with A-10s parked in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, actual fighter jets in the whole nine yards. Um, there's less... 
character, there's less personality there than what we see here, which is the absolute wreckage of car-crazy Los Angeles, now a wreck, and these people having to navigate through that. We learn more, I think. And then... What happens next? Sarah's oh, going to go on her date. That's right. Yeah, that's right. She, yeah, she, she goes home. Up, yeah. yeah, she answers the phone, and Rick Rossovich is on the other side. Oh, yeah. You know? First, I'm going to rip the buttons off your blouse one by one, and then run my tongue down your neck to your bare, gleaming breasts, and then slowly, slowly pull your jeans on, inch by inch. <laughs> Ginger, it's Matt. And with your circles further and further down and then pull your panties off with my teeth who is this sarah i'm sorry um but you were it, can i talk to ginger please that's hilarious we kind of <laughs> missed it because we were having trouble with the volume but that was hilarious. I got a sec it's for you yeah and then he starts <laughs> over starts again over. like <laughs> that is so like that's so you know that that's such a young guy move. Yeah. He practiced this before he called. You know he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's and he I mean, look. He he knew how this date was going. I mean, this was always a stay at home <clears throat> date. But she yeah she goes out to give them the house. Yeah. Well, remember she was supposed to go on a date. Yeah. But he crapped out on her, so she heads off to a movie. And it's not remember until she's at the um bar, she's the, at the bar when she sees it on the news. And at this point, this is just after between like between that scene and between. Her getting uh, Rick Rossovich's creepy call and leaving the house. There's a quick scene with with the cops where we realize this is a serial killer. To Sarah Connor, the to phone, Sarah. they're going to call him the, the phone, phone book. book actually, that comes late. That particular bit comes a little bit later. But yeah, it's like Jesus, it's a serial killer. And then we go back, and off she goes, and she hops on her bike and takes off. And we realize um, Kyle Reese has already found her. That's what I found interesting. How did he know where to find her? I guess John would have said he looked in the phone book on the. The right, 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 right when he right, got his trench coat, right, he walked in and looked right. at her address. Because he up. knew which one to look for, because, yeah. of course, John could say what her middle name was. So, I always think it's the weirdest thing, because, of course, I'm unlisted in the phone book. I mean, I think we all are. Well, at least the Terminator can't find you. Which is good, because I was really concerned about that. Uh, you never know. Yeah, so she wanders off to the to the bar. She sees this. She, you know, she tries to use the phone. It's out of order. While she's doing that, Creepoid uh, is right there beside yeah, her. Yeah, just, like, gawking at her and... Well, I think she that, doesn't know because she's starting to get her squirrelies up because... Yeah, and that's what it was for. Two Sarah Connors have died. She saw that on the yeah. TV in the bar. Yeah. And so now she's like, I need to get a hold of my roommate. I need to get a hold of the cops. Of course, 911 LA, 1984. Busy. Please stay on the line if you need yeah. a police car. Well, she couldn't even get... She couldn't even do yeah, that in the, at, yeah, at, she at the bar. Tech noir. Yeah, tech... That is, for some reason, that is always going to be my vision of a 1980s dance club. Forever and ever. Chain link fence. Chain link, yeah, chain link fence. Lots of metal and assholes with spikes around their neck, and you know Arnold Schwarzenegger shooting out the place, I guess. But yeah. and and while she's going to Tech Noir, Arnold shows Arnold up at her house and uh, manages to put a hole in the pillow. That's that's a lot of velocity to put a hole in a pillow. Just saying. Um, she beats up mostly naked Rick Rossovich. Don't make me bust you up. Yeah, don't don't make me make me bust you up, man. Don't make me bust you up, man. And then that's gets exactly busted up. Oh yeah, he goes like through the through the door and through the wall. Through the sorry, through, through the actually through the door, I think. But no, no, that's the wall. That's like right through the wall to the bedroom. She's walking down the hallway. Oh, okay, it's no, I'm sure hallway, it was the door, yeah. but whatever it was, <laughs> into the hallway, not through an open door. I think, uh, um, that guy, Rick Rossovich. Uh, yeah. I don't think we ever get his name. 
comes through the wall and Terminator comes through the door. No, because no? he steps through the broken door, because he has to step over the body. Oh, right. All right. Let's skip a couple of panels and watch. Def, if, if we care. Sure, why not? This is important, clearly. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> love the fast motion. Oof. <laughs> oh, yeah, the door. 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 He's so going through the wall. Door, yeah. yeah, going through the wall would have been too expensive, yeah. frankly. Oh yeah. Like in, in um, I think it was someone term- was paying attention. Yeah. It's almost like it's, I, it's almost never me. It's it's it is what it is. It's just you know what it is. It's cheaper to to build a cheap balsa wood door. That's really why they do stuff like that. I forget what movie it was. I saw that where they threw someone through a door because they couldn't afford to throw them through the window. It was too expensive. Well, and the other part of the there's this really neat thing with walls that make it really tough, and they're called studs. Yeah, they hurt a little bit more than a balsa wood door. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we've learned from uh, Commando and the fight in the hotel, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, so then he, he shoots up who probably he thinks is Sarah Connor. Well, it's a woman in the room. He, did, or, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't know. He's, he's in Sarah Connor's house. And the other ones he asks first, though. Sarah Connor? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I, I mean, Shoot he, first, ask later. That's Yeah. He's getting lazy. Yeah, so of course, quite conveniently, by this point, she has found a, a phone yeah, and to call home. At the same it's time. Sarah. Well, okay. I'm at Tech Noir. Come get me. What I find is that, I found funny is that the phone rings and he trains the gun on it. Like... Hmm. They didn't program the Terminator with the sound of a phone. Like that's he thought he thought maybe it was Sarah Connor ringing. Like that maybe she had the phone. Like you know what I mean? It just it was maybe she had her cell phone on her and her phone was ringing. Her brick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Obviously, it was just for for style. I'd yeah. say that he turns on the phone, but it just seems silly that a robot would be startled by a phone. And on horrible a phone. timing because if she hadn't called, she probably would have gotten away, no problem. And left the address and. Yeah. 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 And so anyway, she, uh, he go, he shows up at Tech Noir real fast. Yeah, Tech Noir was right around the corner from the house. Yeah. And uh, and of course, she's gotten a hold of the police at this time and said, I think someone's following because she's seen Reese a few times. Well, yeah, that's why yeah. she went into Tech Noir, because he's following her down the street from the so bar. she's worried about Reese not realizing that Arnold is coming together. The funny thing is, is that Reese got into the bar. Remember, he's, a, he's yeah, sitting in the bar. Yeah, the bar, yeah. But. I guess they didn't care about the, the jacket and the shotgun either. Or the so. stinky pants. Or the stinky pants. So he looked punk enough, I guess. But yeah. So then you have the shootout in the in the in Tech Noir. That's one of those iconic scenes where she's sitting at the table and he pulls out the gun and puts the, the red dot right on her forehead. Like that's kind of an iconic yeah, scene yeah. for and then he this is where the scene and they use it in Terminator Two is come with me if you want to, to live. live. Yeah, that's yeah. He's in number two. Terminator. Well, they, they use that in all the films. It becomes the way to let someone know you're on their side. Right. Say that. Which is funny because no one would have known that that's what Kyle said to her. But, and everyone says it. Because oh, yeah. because well, she teaches it to her son. Yeah, that's, because that becomes the hint of this, so you know I'm on your side. In World War II, they just asked who won the World Series. <laughs> then when in World War II movies, right? Or in, in the movies. But yeah, so they get, so they get in the, they steal a car and, Remember I mentioned he comes, they blow up a, a gas tank and the Terminator's on fire and the way they got that effect, like his smoking jacket, they uh, they threw acid on his jacket. Yeah. And That's a little scary to, to create, like to create smoke like that. That, that would have been awesome. da- dangerous as shit. Awesome. So. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, then, and then this is a good car scene because in a very short period of time, Reese is able to tell Sarah who she is, who yeah. he is. 
The funny thing I think in this scene is, even though they seem to have lost the Terminator, who ends up stealing a police car, he is driving around like a maniac, whereas if you just slow down and drive normally, he wouldn't get picked up by the you know other police. And I was thinking about that, and I think a lot of it is that anytime he ever, in his whole life, if he's ever been behind the wheel of a vehicle, he's had to drive fast. Because Skynet's coming for him. Because Skynet knows, hey, that's not one of ours. So it's just, it's this guy is, he's all instinct. He's lived like an animal his whole life. Fair enough. And I think maybe that's, also it makes for a more exciting scene, let's be perfectly honest. He's trying to get as much distance between him wow. and the Terminator. And if they just escape off into the wilderness, it would make for a really long movie. Well, it so, wouldn't be much of a movie anyway. Yeah. I mean, just like when Sarah eventually calls mom, even though she knows she shouldn't. Otherwise, Terminator never finds her. There's a few of the horror movie tropes, you know, don't go down into the basement, don't lose your virginity, don't turn, don't, uh, uh, separate, don't separate, don't walk into a dark room. Like, these are things you have to do in order to have a horror movie. And it's the same sort of thing here. Otherwise, this is a boring movie. It it prevents it from becoming book seven of Harry Potter. Right. The the camping trip time forgot. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the one thing I like is that. At this point, we're starting to see Terminator's look change because he has his something here. It's simple: his uh, eye, his eyebrows have been yeah. uh, uh, off seared or... off. And that's neat. Like slowly but surely, he's looking less human. Yeah, his but, his biological covering is degrading. Yeah, though the mullet. I think they chose that haircut because it's an easy wig. It's maybe the wig mm. they had because eventually they're going to have to put that on all sorts of models. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But you know what it also shows? It, that That's the kind of haircut you expect to see from the future. Because it's just some, because there's no hairdressers and, right. yeah. you know, same with Kyle. Like he's got a night, like his haircut is mostly just, it's short. Out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's out of the way because that's all it is. You know, the fact that he's as stylized as he is, is surprising because you'd expect they wouldn't be much of anything. But, you know, it's, it's crude. It's very 80s looking, but it's actually, it. He's the hero. He's the hero. Yeah, it fits. I love the explanation when they finally hide in the uh, in the parking parking lot, and, and he sort of explains everything to him, and she doesn't believe a fucking word he says. But he doesn't understand that. Like, he doesn't seem to get why. Like, do, why don't you believe me? Because how do you not believe my entire world? Yeah, that's yeah. like literally what I. The only thing I know. Yeah, day and a half ago, this is where I was. How come you don't believe me? You know, um, but it, you know, it's it's like you said, she's she's an '80s girl, but not too much of one. Yeah. Because it's just been non-stop up until now. She's smart and brave and strong. Yeah. And at the end, she, she like you say, she becomes the leader. Yeah. Uh, when she realizes she has no choice. You know, then there's then there's another car chase. And car chases are not cheap to film. So the fact that they pulled this off on $6.4 million is yeah. endlessly impressive to me. All this, all these costumes and, and, and the special effects and the miniatures and all this car work like that's that speaks highly to James Cameron and his production team. And so yeah, so the cops get a hold of them and that's kind of neat because they think he's a bozo and it's it's amazing how utterly unsympathetic they are. Oh yeah. Well, oh, Traxler is the black dude. He's fine with them. Like he's he's caring and he kind of listening it. and like telling the other guy to shut up. So yeah, like Lance like, Henriksen, he's a yeah. dick. Yeah. He wants to tell war stories. He's always got a cool story. And even the uh, the psychiatrist, he's kind of a wanker. But I, I mean, can make a huge career off of this. But you know what? If you saw nothing but loonies all day, oh yeah, oh, yeah. you'd be a little. And this would sound pretty loony. You know what? Th- those cops remind me of. The cops from the sitcom Barney Miller. Yeah. You never saw that? No. I was in the 70s with uh, Hal Linden. And it's just about a detective squad in, in New York City. 
and the whole, with, with the exception of two or three scenes, it all takes place in their squad room. And it's just the cynicism of how they deal with crime in the 70s, which was at its peak in the 1970s, the worst it had been since like the 1800s. And just that sort of, they've seen it all, so it's hard to take anything seriously. Right. Uh, really, really good, uh, re- you know, re- really good scene. And this reminds me very much of that. Very realistic. Because t- today, they they still do surveys of cops and say, what's the most realistic cop show we've ever seen? Still, in New York, they'll always tell you, the police will always say, Barney Miller. Oh, well. Yeah. Really, really good series if you've ever had a chance to see it. Um, and yeah, so then we get to see, I think what we'll agree is the worst special effect, which is Schwarzenegger carving his eye out. And just because the model at the end is so bad. Like, it's so yeah. obviously a yeah, rubber mask that twitches. It's a plaster scene, yeah. And I, I don't know why they bothered. Like, he must have seen, they, Cameron must have seen that and said, mm, you know, what they should have done is had him turn out the lights and then turn towards the camera and have just the red eye. Yeah, and it could be for a little bit of gore factor and, like, the this guy's not human. I, I don't know. Like, there's... Just a bad effect, though. It's really the first time in the entire movie that you see... He's no, a robot. He, no, he cuts, no, no, yeah, he cuts, he cuts his arm open, but this whole—that's this scene. That's right. That's right. He does. That's the arm this first. whole scene. Um, but yeah, he carves his eye but they out. They could have. like a really bad head model. The, yeah. and, and that's the thing. It's a really bad head model, and everything else is so good. I mean, I think you know, there's really only two bad um, special effects sequences here. This one, the head. Because any other time you see sort of a fake head, it looks much better. But we also know Arnold. Is the one that's actually raising the scalpel to his eye because we noticed that the scalpel has no, no blade. blade in it. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> and it's not even really a scalpel; it's like a modeling knife. Like this is what we used to use when we made models. exacto knives. Ex- yeah, 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 that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, because the scalpel has a curved blade, but this is an exacto knife. I have one in my closet there. So yeah, so there's that. And that's pretty bad. Uh, then you know, Sarah Connor gets to see the interview where we get all the details, the time displacement equipment, and all that sort of stuff, which is also a neat thing in, in Terminator Genesis. You get to see it, right? Well, and then this is where Reese is also saying, like, I just need Sarah Connor. I need to be with her. I need to yeah. see her. He doesn't He doesn't understand that they think he's a lunatic. Yeah. And then, of course, the scene, the scene this movie is known for. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Which, again, he, he didn't want to say. He wanted to say, I will be back, because he thought the contraction didn't work. And James Cameron said, just fucking read the line, would you? But uh, it's this scene. I, I've talked about this several times, that that uh, YouTube video, the, uh, the the Schwarzenegger kill count. And I point out oh, this, yeah. this would never fly. A leading man just slaughtering civil servants like that. Oh, yeah. Just shoot up a police station. Why not? Kind of wild. But the thing about this scene is it's funny because they use the old... You're safe here. There's over 30 cops, cops in, the in the building. And we all went, oh. nah. yeah. You might be wrong. Yeah. And it's, but it's a hell of a scene. But there are some amazing visual, like well filmed events. Like when he shoots that uh, cop who's running away from him, yeah. it's what's called a jump cut. They get rid of a few frames. So he goes from being shot to in the, being in the middle of flight. Did you notice that? Mm hmm. It, it creates, it makes it seem like, like the bullets propelled him forward. Oh, yeah. And then a few seconds later where he gets shot, where the Terminator gets shot, and the glass behind him shatters, it really sells. That was cool. Yeah, it really sells. And, and I, I give credit to the oral knots, the, guy the, the guys who did the kill count. They're the ones who pointed this out. It really sells the point. 
the bullet passed right through him and he doesn't care. Right. That's attention to detail. How many of these crappy sci-fi films would not have bothered? Oh, what? Just just jerk a little bit like you got shot and move on. Um, because we've seen like we've seen a bad Arnold film, bad Arnold um, action film, Commando. They would never have bothered. But no. here it's that attention to you know I think it's things like that that elevated. Yeah, so we have the the slaughter and that goes on for one, two, three. That's a four a five minute scene almost. These are one minute increments. Oh yeah. That's pretty wild. Like that's a lot for like I said, this day and age, there's no way that would fly. Yeah, but the good news is Reese gets out. Yeah, because he like saves Sarah Connor yeah. and they escape the police station barely. Barely. And everything is fine until the next day when she opens her mouth and calls mom, who they should have known is already dead. Yeah, well, they, and this is where they're in the t- creepy tunnel. Uh, yeah, and they talk and about... They, and he's like, tell me about your world. And so he's talking about like the dogs and the... Yeah, and, and then we get to see him go back to that shelter he talks about the picture that he has yeah, the, of her which we see how he loses it yeah oh uh, he uh, talks more about that in the hotel room i guess had it because he tells when he says he loves oh uh, yeah that yeah that yeah. happens uh, later just before he, this, he this gets, is where she, she finds out he doesn't have a girlfriend though in the uh, tunnel yeah the right yeah that no no that's here uh, yes, uh, you have she learns it here she fixes it there yeah um but you know this is a neat scene because again we, we learn so much just watching the scene in the um in the shelter, yeah. the two kids hunting for the rat, and that, that's good eating because they got nothing. You know, the people mm-hmm. sitting in the, or the, you know, the the one girl sitting in front of the TV, and then we see that it's broken. It's and a it's fire. Like a, it's yeah. a fire. Uh, it's like watching the fire log, the Christmas fire log on. Shaw. Yeah, just a little, just <laughs> a little, just, just a little yeah. more post-apocalyptic. Like wait for the hand to come in. And yeah. it. But but it's it's neat. It's neat little details like when they come in off the line, and once he identifies himself and he's proven that he's human, he has to sign in. Remember, there was an actual yeah. written law yeah. where he had to sign in off patrol. So the resistance is far enough along. They're maintaining paperwork like a real army. Right. This patrol, okay, we can we can now see in the log, this patrol came off. There's paperwork in the future. God damn it. Well, they'd use computers, but that went badly for them. That's true. That's that's yeah. a valid point. Yeah, yep. the computers got them back. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're back to paperwork. And yeah, it's a it's you know, it's a it's a neat scene. I I always said I always want I wanted to see a Terminator film that took place just in the future, and then they made it Salvation, mm. and it was garbage. Well, and the, the other one about this is it's another nightmare he's having where the Terminators penetrate the. But this one, I'm guessing at least some of it is true because we're seeing the destruction be, yeah. of the picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we learned, like I said, we learned that the that they the dogs can detect Terminators, which explains why Cody barks every time you come in the house. I'll be back. Yeah. Again and again and again. So they go into the motel. They build plastique. She makes her dumbass call to mom. And on the other end of the line is a dead mom. and Mr. You know, Voice. Yeah. I'll be right with you, dear. And it's him. So, yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure that's not the first time in a film a robots have done that. I mean, oh shit. In Star Trek, what are little girls made of? The episode with uh, Nurse Chapel's yeah. fiance who builds the robots and the big one, Rock. Oh, yeah. he, he, does, he does other voices. I remember that. Yeah, they make six or seven pipe bombs, and and then have sex, and then have sex. Um, because after I've made bomb. after I've made terrorist explosives, my first thought is boning someone. Well, well, I, your uh, adrenaline gets gone. Yeah. release some serotonin. It's it's, it's pretty impressive. Also, he's sex for a first time too. Right? Also, he's in his mid twenties. He's never get laid. So and he's a virgin. The only thing he's thinking of is getting laid. You know, yeah. at, at that if, you, if you're twenty six and you haven't had any yet. You know, picturing got, a lug wrench will get you going. He's got five million potential John Connors inside of him. Yeah, and only one made it. So, <laughs> Just, so after they finish, they have their uh, 
coitus. Yeah, they're 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 they're, po- they're post coitus smile. Adult at each interaction. Other. Yeah. yeah, and this was eighties boobs. Oh, that's right. There are eighties boobs in there. Boobs, but again, yeah. they didn't exploit it. They don't spend a lot of time, you know, lean back. Let's see him. Like it's just Reese does what he can to cover them with his hands. Well, it's also his first time, so he, he's getting Ooh, handsy. But he's probably fairly interested in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I don't well, have these. you know what? I a fair bit of experience. I'm still fairly interested in them. I must admit, but uh, you know, I, I think you'll find most guys are. So yeah, and yeah. at least ten percent of women. So everybody <laughs> loves boobs. I'll take your yeah. I, I would imagine. I, I can think of a few. That's guys why I'm who, growing some. That's a that's a weight problem, and please stop. You're making me run. <laughs> <laughs> Editing, so much editing. I need an um, adult. Yeah. I need an adult. <laughs> there ain't one here. Uh, yeah, like, but it's, again, it's, they don't, ex- like, he's, he's not exploitative no, with it's, nudity. And uh, I appreciate that. It's like, not soft porn. It's it's just, it's not even yeah. gratuitous. But, yeah. And the funny thing about this scene is, at no point would you think that Reese is going to be John Connor's dad. And then... I mean, um, well, I don't know. Like, the problem is, is I've seen this so many times that yeah. I, you know, you can't really see it any other way. Yeah, but I just feel like, yeah, I don't it's know. hard to. Well, no. as, as soon as they started smooching, even like ten-year-old me got it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I'm saying leading up to this. Oh, scene. Up, up to here, yeah. It, yeah. The problem is I've seen this movie so many times. I've, I, I mean, I saw it the first time I was ten, you know, nine or ten years old. It's hard to put myself back in that. Yeah, yeah true. But yeah. Um, so then, so this is sort of the final chase, which involves a fuel tanker and a jacked up truck. They jacked, stole, yeah, a truck, and they chase him into some sort of robotic factory, which I think was neat because any time Reese has been around large machinery, he's been desperately uncomfortable, and that's what saves them. Well, not him so much. He didn't make. He it. doesn't make it. He and gets that's shot and a pipe bomb almost blows yeah, him up. Yeah, and but. and then well then in the end I think he just will terminate his pizza shit out of him. Yeah, well and he's probably uh, bleeding to death because he got yeah, yeah, shot. Also yeah, that no medical yeah. attention. Yeah, he's had he's had he's had some medical issues, yeah. but uh, this he is blows a, up the <clears throat> tanker. And then you mentioned this is your favorite scene of the whole movie during this. Um, when the robot comes out of the fire. Yeah, because yeah, because they blow up the the tanker and that's going to get rid of all the biological. Yeah, it wouldn't do that quite that good a job, but. It's a movie. Okay, yeah, and it just gets up and it's nothing but the skeleton. And yeah. that's very cool. I think that's why at the beginning of Terminator 2, they show in that futuristic battle scene, the T-101s in nothing but, like, they... they They're just walking along, shooting, yeah. Yeah, because remember, that's meant to be sort of, remember, this is the final battle, because they, remember, Reese explains it in the, in the police station, we had smashed their net. We had won. Because remember, the whole idea of the, the time travel is that it's, the, it's Skynet's last desperate attempt to put a stop to this. Right. So in Terminator 2, because it looks so cool in the first one, they just throw them out there. But I think it's also the idea that Skynet is desperate. They needed soldiers. Give them a gun and go. Don't, don't worry about the skin. Just send them out into the field. Yeah. Well, and we, we talked about, uh, we talked about this, this, the kind of next where he comes out of that fire and then chases them into the robotics yeah. room. And that was a bad, there's CGI. a bunch of, yeah, there's a lot well, it was of green. It was yeah. green screen. Like it was clear. Disappointing that, scene there. It's a, yeah. Did, yeah. Well, they put blue back then. It wasn't green. It was blue screen. It became green screen when Superman, when they did Superman, because obviously you can't have him on blue screen. He'd disappear. He'd be nothing but a flood, but a disembodied <laughs> head in a cape. <laughs> and an S. And the yellow S. Yeah. The red, yellow um, S. So then it, but you know, here it probably was blue screen and they just put a blue screen over the open door. So you see them struggling to close the door and on the blue screen, they project the animate, like it was stop motion animation, just like late Ray Harryhausen, mm-hmm. but, but it was so obviously, okay, move them a little bit, take a yeah. shot, move them. A, and, and it just, it didn't work, but that's all they had. Right. 
The other option would have been to try and dress a guy up in that exclusive. Mm. And that would have worked even less. That, that would have been worse. Yeah. yeah. So they did the best they could. Whereas if you see this scene here, where we... Actually, no, it still is it's, stop motion, it's still isn't it? Stop motion, yeah. Right? I, was, I was thinking maybe they, they had the model and just moved it, but no. They, they did a better job of the, of the screen on that one, though. I think it's because there are no humans in it. It makes it easier mm. to to believe it looks good. There are no yeah. humans in that first scene when he's running down yeah. the hall. Whereas when you see actual humans moving, it's so obvious. Just like in like in Clash of the Titans, anytime a Ray Harryhausen stop motion model shares the screen with a person, it's so it's obvious. It's really awkward, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they sort of play hide and seek in a factory. Reese gets killed. Smartly turns on all the equipment to disrupt yeah, the tracking ability. Yeah, the... because he can't handle all the machines. Yeah. But anyway, and that makes sense because the Terminator is used to hunting things that don't use machines. Right. And in that world, they're the only machines are Terminators. Yeah. This is where we said this is where she becomes a leader, where she has to yell at him, yeah. get up on your feet, get soldier. Up, soldier. Well, because he's done. Like he's he's banged up. Like how he's still moving at all is beyond my, you know, beyond understanding. Well, he read it in the script. It wasn't his time to die. So, well, yeah, yeah, quantum, quantum, yeah, and yeah. So she sneaks through a compressor, and you're terminated, fucker. Yeah, and yeah. She, now she's the action hero, and then she gets carted off, and that's kind of it. Yeah, and then she's getting gas and gets that picture, right? The gets the picture, picture right. and she's recording. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. And she's pregnant. She's got the dog from the motel. She, she got the dog from Not the from the hotel. Just a dog. I think just, just, just a dog. Just a dog. Just a German Shepherd. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then so. she's like. I don't think she was going back there after what happened. She's doing like an Fair audio. <laughs> yeah. Doing like an audio diary. Yeah. Of what. You know. The things that Reese said. So she doesn't forget. She said. This is mostly for me. But. Yeah. Exactly. And Little then, did she and know and that John a... turns into a just total shithead mm-hmm. that can steal pin numbers and money. and Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, you know, that was a, like, you know, Terminator 2 for all the grief I give it because I didn't like it all that much. It's an impressive film. Oh, yeah. Um, T-1000 is awesome. That's the part of it. And again, I never, I never found him interesting. I never found the T2 interesting. I always found the other Terminators much more interesting. I like the effect. That's Um, all. Yeah. It was okay. You know what? They they, like shoot his head in half and he's like, you know, the funny thing is they won an Academy Award for that, but it had already been done. Oh. The water monster in the abyss. Oh, I, yeah. I remember how pissed off I was. Like, why are they giving these? Because everyone raved about the special effects, and everyone knew it would win the Academy Award, and it did. And I remember thinking, this is bullshit. Because like two years ago, The Abyss, also by James Cameron, won a, an Academy Award for the same goddamn effect. What the hell? I remember how much it annoyed me. It probably shouldn't have, but it did. Because they'd already done the effect. Remember, remember the water tentacle. Yep. Yeah. So, hmm. so does this movie hold up? Like, you haven't seen it in a thousand years, Heather. What do you think? Uh, it's good. It's I. Just, I still watch it again. Yeah. Um, I got m- more out of it this time than mm. I than I did when I was ten, and yeah. it's great. Yeah, Remy. Yeah, I think this film totally does, and and it's it's just a really well done film. It's mm-hmm. not a surface film. It's not a hack and slash. It's yeah. it's really really well done, and the storylines are really well projected, and they move you along. They move you through this world, yeah. and you literally get the whole picture on the move. On the move, yeah, yeah. See, it's the, really really good. You know, we talked about this when we when we recorded um, Bloodsport. My problem with Bloodsport and Rad is that there is, if they just gone a little deeper, it would have been a so much better movie. They did that here because this could have been. They took the time. Yeah. This could have been yeah. rad, and it's only how long was the film? Two hours. So, yeah. Um, yeah. it is rad. 
just not. It's an hour and forty seven. It's not even two hours. Yeah. It's action packed, and there's a ton of story in here. They took that extra few seconds here. Yeah. And it's world building versus no world. No world exactly. Building. Like that that car, yeah. those two conversations in the car where he talks about here's why I'm here to save you. Listen carefully. It it makes things so much more interesting well and they pan to the future too so they show the scenes yes. they don't it's not just somebody but Bloodsport shows you all those yeah those, but it's not somebody memories. giving you dialogue it's it's an actual scene there is no talking in it's any not a of montage. those yeah. oh, well that's not true yeah. when, he, when he walks into the when he walks into the uh this shelter he has to identify himself but that's the only yeah. real dialogue in any of the future scenes and a few of them yelling at each other when they're in the car and stuff like that like the army guys yeah but there's no dialogue it's just yeah. screaming yeah it's like in terminator 2 remember the first scene takes place in the future there's no dialogue there's sarah connor's narration but john connor remember never says anything right. but we learn a lot in that scene too of them saluting him and him you know surveying the battlefield we learned a lot because james cameron really knows how to tell a story i i didn't like avatar for its because i thought it was like dances with wolves with blue people Tessas with Pocahontas in space. Yeah, and, and Last Samurai and any yep. and other film. But you There's know what? I, I respect the hell out of that movie because Cameron knows how to tell a story by showing. He's really good at it. The Abyss, same thing. We learn so much just by watching the way those people lived in that yeah. underwater rig. And that's why I love well, this film. Another cool thing with this one, I think, is uh, it, it really is cutting-edge technology. Like, it's... At the time, it was. Some and, of it was, and, yeah. and some of it still holds up. Like, I think if a kid watches today... Uh, you have no problem with it. They wouldn't have any problem with it. They'd be, they'd be like, oh, well, this is definitely an old movie. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. and I'm not talking a kid that's seven. I'm talking like a 14, Yeah, someone who's appropriate to show it to. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, $6.4 million. I think, so. I think Star Wars was 11. There are plenty of films out there that it, like they spent a ton more money... Well, Dungeon, oh, I mean, we don't know what Dungeon Master cost, but there was one we were talking about. We wanted to know where all that money went because it was $50 million. I think it was Krull. Was five zero million dollars? Was that one? Was that the one that we were laughing about? Like, yeah. where did this money go? Um, yeah, and it's like even Commando was like eleven million or something, wasn't it? I don't think we were at that point. We weren't yet looking at budgets. We didn't call it. It doesn't matter. But the point is, James Cameron made a good movie for very little yeah, you're money. Right, it was, and it and it proves. You know what that proves? He's a good filmmaker. Yeah. It's easy to be a great filmmaker when you have an endless amount of money. Schwarzenegger himself joked. That they think they like when they talked about uh, you know the price of the original movie was six point four million and, and he said of Terminator Two I think we spent that on catering obviously he was joking but mm. the the proof the proof of a good actor the proof of a good screenwriter yeah. of a good cinematographer of a good anyone in movies isn't what you do when you have endless amounts of money and time and resources it's what you do when you got none of that and this movie six point four million bucks that's cheap even for that time and they pulled off a great one so. So what are you doing there? Ten million. Which what was Commando was ten. Okay, million. ten million. And that was crap. You know, you know way more. Way, <sighs> you, but you know what it was? Way more extras and way more explosives. Way more explosives. Yeah. So that uh, starts to add up. Yeah. But no, I, I yeah, this movie. But it's was... all about quality. Like I said, it's 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 what you do with nothing that matters. So, so should we leave it there? Yep. <laughs>